You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round 23. This episode is brought to you by Goal Line Technology. 100% this ball crossed the line. Uh, uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, actually brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts and partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. We'd also like to welcome our increasingly less special guest, uh, Discord admin and keeper of the player poll, Christian Ward. How is everyone tonight? I'm good. Yeah, doing great. Feeling pretty mediocre. Uh, well, well, that is your own fault because I know. you are the one who were like, you should say I'm, I'm uh, less special. And I was like, all right, that sounds funny. So we're all thinking. Um, it, so. But, but let well, me tell you, course. Christian is, is not mediocre at all. Uh, one of the reasons we like to have Christian on the show and others like him from our discord community is because he is a, a top 25, top 20, nay, top 20 player in the game. And uh, I think that's just fantastic when we can have players of that caliber come on to the show to provide some insight to those of you who are listening live with us or later on in the podcast. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's just good, good feedback. So we are happy to have Christian with us again this week. Uh, yeah, very much so. So no, don't, don't feel mediocre. You are, you are excellent and you are a good sport for allowing that joke. I'm going to use that when I do my, what is it? Uh, Stuart Smalley in the mirror. I'm, yeah. What is it? I can't even remember. Whatever. That landed like a lead balloon, that joke. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it, was a, it was kind of mediocre. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, well, right. we expect big things from you. I think we're going to start out talking about how our teams did this week because if we've got a massive double game week coming up for, for this round, for round 23. So, uh, it's 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 absolutely bananas. And round 22 was a mixed bag of results for sure. Uh, I I will not have much feedback from round 22 because, as you will hear from some of my my results, I was a, was hosting a bachelor party this weekend, so I didn't watch anything. I didn't watch anything. I uh, kept up with some scores as long as I was able, but it was mostly not so. So no, I don't have much feedback to give this week, but everybody else, uh, looking forward to see what you have to say. Blaine, how'd you do? Uh, 97. Hey. Um, enough for 315 overall on the week, so can't complain there. Uh, honestly, I feel good about my choices. I Medina didn't hit, but I had him on the bench, so it wasn't terrible. Ola Kamara was the other big bust for me. Just, no. But I think a lot of people went with him, so that didn't hurt me quite so bad. Um I did bank on the New York rivalry and Klamala got me a seven. I know there were some other better forward options, but I mean, he got a goal. I didn't whiff too bad. Uh, the big whiff was I went Castellanos expecting more goals. So I lost a few points there instead of going Mukhtar, but I made the gutsy call on or seeing rosters and I decided to dump Carlos heel from my team. I know he got a seven. It was a solid score. 
but the position I swapped him for ended up being Flores with an eight. So I came out ahead by dumping heel. It, it just, it was a gut feeling I had on that one. I know he, and he got all those points in the first game, I think, mm-hmm. or maybe he got a seven in both, but no, I think a three in the second game. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, I came out ahead on it. Um, my only takeaway, and I'm just going to jump in here, is I'm never listening to Christian again. Um, <laughs> I was going back and forth on this, and I had Chofis in that spot instead of Flores for a while, and I was just back and forth, and he was like, never Chofis, never Chofis. And Christian mm-hmm. being a top 20 player, I was like, okay, maybe I listened to him. And I had been really high on Flores, and Flo- I said, if Flores starts, he's going to be hard not to take in my team. So I ended up dumping trophies. It was kind of a double whammy. I was looking at Flores anyway, and Christian was telling me it's a bad idea. So I did lose some points there, but uh, 97 overall on this week, I'm not going to shy away from that one. That's a good score. Yeah. Um, I think if you hit triple digits, that's really good. I think, but I think anything mid 90s and up is going to be a really good score this week, and you're going to make up ground. Sorry, Blaine. Oh, good. Ashley, how did you do? Yeah, I got an 89. I had a pretty, um, I can't blame Christian because I didn't talk to him about it or see that he said this, but I also dropped trophies, which lost me 10 points um, for Mihalovich. I had been going back and forth. I kind of had trophies in that spot. And I said, if I see a lineup before Gold, Mihalovich, other guys that were on my radar, if I see a lineup that makes me want to pick them up, I'll pick them up. Um, for the single game week. And I liked that Montreal lineup and Columbus made me think it could go better. Um, obviously it didn't, Michal got a three, Jeffy's got 13. Um, so I'm not super mad at an 89, but I'm definitely not happy about it. I basically stayed exactly the same for overall and champions league. And I went into champions league so bad. So not a great week for me, but um, I hit in a lot of other spots, and so I can't be super mad. Uh, as for myself, uh, bad, uh, a bad week. Left left a lot on on the bench. I mean, I left. Let's see here, uh, nine, like fourteen points on the bench would have definitely been been a lot better. Would have been around ninety or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Willis on the bench with ten. Tolkien on the bench with seven. Kamala on the bench with seven. Uh, got Zimmerman though with nine, um, but I didn't get to bring in, uh, didn't get to swap out my sporting Kansas City players uh, because of everything I was going on with the bachelor party. Otherwise, had I brought in Jack Price, got a six, okay, had Morales, had Mukhtar, had Reynoso, uh, had Castellanos, and if you saw my tweet, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing it, I hate it, I'm doing it. Uh, I put I put the captain on, on Tati, and so I got 18 points for him, had his nine, not Mukhtar, uh, but somehow yet with a 75 i won all of my head-to-heads so i'm looking at chat seeing some fantastic scores in the 90s got a triple digit there 103 from fizzy that's it's uh, fantastic somehow i was able to win all three of my head-to-heads with a score of 75 so um, can't complain too much about that uh though i did beat someone called fmls lineup bot so um (laughs) Suck it, bot. <laughs> wow. there, so, That's so I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, but mediocre there for me. Some pretty good stuff from Blaine Ashley. How'd you do, Christian? I had 107. Oh, um, yeah. Not too shabby. Was good enough for week rank 19. Got it. I'm up to overall rank 
17 and clinging on to first place for the final qualifier for fantasy champions league nice and i did it all without trophies in my side <laughs> it can be done it can be done um i was really freaking out there uh reynoso oof seven it's not bad um i you know i went into this week thinking that that uh, I'm not going to overload on double game week players that I was purposely going to take at least half my team was going to be single game week players because the single game week to me, the, the matchups were much, much better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of proved out with everybody's second match um, as it usually does in my opinion. Um, but anyway, I had, uh, I tripled up on, um, Nashville, I had Mukhtar, I had Zimmerman and Willis. Uh, I capped uh, Maxi when Heel was on the bench. I kept Heel because I figured, why not? Um, and then I had a big, uh, big dilemma between Gauld and uh, uh, whoever it was that I had the dilemma with. I can't remember who the heck it was now. Uh, Price, maybe. Uh, there was a big debate. Um, yeah. Ended up on Gold. He, he did all right. He got an eight. Uh, also had Mora, uh, Castellano, Cassianos, Taddy, uh, Kamara on the bench, like everybody else. Uh, my defenders were Tor Aronson, Estevez from Colorado, and like I said, Zimmerman, the rest were scrubs. So I, uh, I felt like I got out of this one in pretty good shape. It was touch and go there. Because I didn't have anybody on, I really didn't have anybody on Sunday, and I was freaking out. I, I expected my rank to just plummet, but it didn't. So, pretty happy with that. Yeah, fantastic. And as I said, some great scores in in chat. Uh, super, super happy to see that. Glad you all are uh, doing well. Sorry to Patrick that uh, uh, you didn't quite have enough to beat Blaine in your head to head. But you know what I say. Uh, you beat me by that one point last week, so it's okay. It's, like, it's okay. Uh, no, well played. Well played. No, it's, it's not often that 92 like that uh, will lose, especially on a week that, that some pretty random stuff happens to get people some, some stuff in the 70s. So great scores, great scores. Uh, that being said, this was a strange week. I saw some, some rotations and, and some, some weird things going on, goals from unexpected players, unexpected lineups, <laughs> New England. Uh, throwing everything into into chaos there at the beginning. What kind of takeaways did you all have, fantasy takeaways that you all have from this past round, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, even with the rotation, the refs just keep on rolling for fantasy points and just in general. Um, <clears throat> Buxa got in. We talked about him a little bit um, last week when we were having our who would you rather conversation about a couple of positions, and we talked about that briefly um, I think we settled on Bo, um, and clearly Buxa was was the the striker to take. Um, and even their defenders that played the first game um, that didn't play the second picked up some great points. Uh, so just all across the board, um, yeah, he'll only got a seven, and you would expect more from him, but still, um, they're producing pretty consistently. Um, I don't even know how to dive into this with fantasy, but LAFC are just pretty much hot garbage at this point. I think 
there was a point where even though they were playing bad, you could still find points for fantasy. Um, but besides Arango now, with Atuesta not playing and, and Sifu not doing as well, I mean, there's not a person on that team that I would take. Um, borderline not a matchup for that team, I, I think I would take for the most part. Um, there's a couple exceptions, but just, yeah, really not putting it together. Um, and then the New York Derby for me was kind of a fantasy snooze. I know Red Bull got that clean sheet. Um, I know a lot of people had Klamala who got that very insane PK at the end of that game. Tati not producing quite as well as some of us hoped. Maxi producing right around where everybody probably thought he would with the 10. Um, but in general, for me, I was expecting more goals. Um, and I didn't see him in either of those games. And then lastly, I won't say too much about this because I, I see a couple of us also uh, have this. I just said, I think Mukhtar over everyone at this point, even if he doesn't play two of the of the doubles, he's just going off. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not ready to say like always captain him, but I think no matter what he's doing, he needs to be in your lineup. Um, even if you don't see him in that first game, don't let that be one of the ones you get scared away from. Um, Cause I think he's, he's, at the bare minimum a must own at this point. Are we coining AFM always field Mukhtar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like ARM always roster Mukhtar? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think so. Put it yeah. out there. Yeah. Comment below which which one do you like? <laughs> always field, always comment. Or always uh yeah, always comment, always field, always roster. Always Blaine. I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked this weekend. So I didn't have too many takeaways. I just know this weekend was nuts. Like we're in because MLS territory. So my takeaway is go with your gut. I listened to Christian when I shouldn't have. Chopies was the right choice. Only five points. It wasn't terrible, but still, it's one of those that sabotaged you. He sabotaged you. Not that he no such thing. He did it without him. I'm just saying. I don't think. No, it's just it really. We're at that time of the year. Everything's getting crazy. Teams are fighting for every spot they can get. Go with your gut. If you've got a feeling about a game and the lineup matches what your feeling was, stick with it. Um, most of the time, our reads are pretty good. I hear that across the uh, across Discord, across all social media. Anytime somebody tinkers away from what their gut was telling them, it's usually a bad idea. And yeah, uh, just go go with it. it. It's crazy. Like I did not see Portland dropping a six-one on RSL. Heck no. Heck but, no. But again, if you had a good feeling about Portland, load up on that game. Like, it's just you, you got to watch those. So everything's going crazy. Who would have expected a game at Yankee Stadium to end 1 0? Like, yeah, it's just crazy things happen. If you were expecting a 1 0 in that one, and I said it could happen, I just, I was expecting goals, but I said, you know, there is a 1 0 game in here every once in a while. I just didn't expect it to happen on the second game, but whatever. That's, I missed that one. But still, the first game was good. Go with your gut. That's my big takeaway from the weekend. Christian. You know who else didn't expect Portland to drop a 6-1? Portland. It's <laughs> <laughs> impressive. Um, Six different yeah. guys. I mean. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, they are. You know, I always thought they had a good team. They just weren't firing on all cylinders and I, I just don't I I don't know what the heck was going on with them earlier in the season 
by all rights. I mean, they would, they would do, they would drop the occasional, uh, you know, like beat down on certain teams, even away mm-hmm. even earlier this season. And then they would just go completely cold. So all I got to say is like, if you're high on Portland right now, you know, props to them. Um, I think that they are starting to fire. And yes, Goda is like so good that I, I am, I, I don't know why Savarese, if Savarese does not start Nias Goda. He's been hurt. So he's coming yeah, back. I know. But, they're phasing him back in just like they did with Blanco. And they're I know, but there's, for, for my money, for my money, he's been game ready for a couple weeks now. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, he's just so, I think the, the organization is so spooked by the season ending injuries. They have like five season ending injuries. So they're so spooked. So they want to take it slow. So I kind of understand that. But at the same time, dude, you got to win games. You know, you're like, you know, whatever. Anyway, the point is Portland's great, but don't be surprised if they drop a stinker this week sure. at some point. Um, anyway, to my takeaways, uh, I just basically wrote down, um, you know, Renoso is made of glass apparently. Um, he he hinted at a hamstring pull uh and it wasn't even i didn't even read that i saw what he did and during the game he just basically was screwing around with the back of his shorts uh and apparently the announcers went with it and said oh my god he's got a hamstring pull and everybody on discord said oh, reynoso's hurt and uh I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. But apparently, um, apparently he may not be 100% yet again. So keep an eye on that. Um, Hani Mukhtar is, seriously, I'm, I'm with Ashley on this. Hani Mukhtar, a couple games now, has proven that he's fixture proof. I think he's, I'm not sure I would 100, 100% take him on, like, on a double away game uh, week, but um on a split like this hell yes i would definitely take him um and i am taking him um uh the last thing i have written down is kind of like nothing anybody's not aware of but fixture congestion is ridiculous right now and it's only going to get worse and the reason i'm saying this is because i'm the guy that does the the surveys and i've already mapped out the the uh fixtures schedules for the remaining game weeks and I looked at them and there everybody has like at least three like two or three double game weeks in the last in the last uh four or five four fixtures four four game weeks rather I mean it's insane I mean it's like you're going to see a ton of rotation and you're going to be forced to get creative and that's basically my biggest takeaway this week is wow, I did not expect that kind of rotation from the Revs, but I do expect it going forward from everybody. Yeah. Makes no sense. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, I saw in chat that a couple people have mentioned getting their swag from the uh, MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon group. Uh, I've seen some pictures on Twitter. So, yeah, excited. Uh, Shannon, glad that you have 
gotten yours. Uh, the cat's out of the bag. One of the two special uh, bits of swag that we had that I, I said were secret this year is MLS Fantasy Insider Magnets. So yeah, FC Kingdom says the MLS Fantasy Boss MLS Fantasy Insider Magnet is up on the fridge right now. So yeah, for those of you who got this some swags, that was phase one. Uh, round two of the shipping is going out tomorrow. So for the for the last two tiers, uh, be looking for that in your mailbox soon. So yeah, and there's one more bit of extra mystery swag for the $15 supporters. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, glad to hear about the swag. If you got some, I would love to see it. Uh, post it, post it on Twitter, hit me a, do it an at and I'll retweet it. But yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for your support. And I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. Uh, other than that, like I said, I had a bachelor party. And so my takeaways from this past weekend were raspberry sour ale is good and IPA is not. I, I am still wow. solidly anti-IPA. So. Sour over IPAs. Now that's a hot take. Uh, I yeah, don't well. know if I disagreed with you more. <laughs> well, hops. No, I don't think you could have uh, we this is from from West Six Brewery <laughs> in Lexington, Kentucky, and they only do Kentucky and Cincinnati. So go figure. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't I'd probably not hit your guys guys shells. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm all about the sour ale. And I, I just do not like it's IPA to be tastes like somebody just ground up a uh a grapefruit rind and said, here, drink this. And so I like grapefruit. I don't like the rind of grapefruit and it's bitter and I don't like it. I, I gave it, I gave it to my brother, just poured it in his glass and he enjoyed it. So yeah, there you go. My hot takes, but enough about last week, enough about bachelor parties. Let's uh, get on to housekeeping for round 23. All right, housekeeping. Uh, let's talk round 23. So first, a quick recap of the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues. Uh, leading the MLS Fantasy Boss and the Reddit Classic Leagues, uh, Nawajawa, still, still right there on top. Uh, over at Discord, Feeling Kinda Red is uh, the new Discord leader. And then over at the Patreon Open League, MLS Fantasy Stats, Ryan himself is... Uh, at least two or three weeks in a row now, still there on top of the Patreon League. Heading over to the head-to-heads, Sombrero FC is now on top of both the Discord and Patreon head-to-heads. Uh, over in Discord, he is winning with a score of 20-0-2. And, and then over in the Patreon League, things are a bit more tight. It's 17-0-5, and, and he's only winning my points in that league. Uh, somebody else who is also only winning by points is uh, Skylar Redpath in the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League. Uh, he has a score of 17-0-5 and, and is winning by points over our good friend Matt Pollard out there in Colorado. So see, that one will be tight. Matt Matt is right there within striking distance. I haven't looked to see what the rest of the, of the season looks like, but we do have a playoff in that league, so anything can still happen. As for round 23 itself, as I mentioned earlier, everything, all the fun starts on Wednesday, September 29th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Atlanta versus Miami and Toronto versus Cincinnati. And then it just snowballs from there, y'all, because this is a huge, a massive double game week. So if you're listening to the show tonight, you got two days. If you're listening to the show tomorrow, you got one day. And if you're listening to us on Wednesday, 
what have you been thinking? Get your lineup set. Holy cow, people. Uh, no, Ed, it's it's a massive double game week. Everybody is on a double game week except Columbus and New England. Everybody else is on a double game week. So it's just don't even pretty much you're going to pick somebody. They're going to be on a double game. The double home game teams this round, Dallas, Montreal, and Toronto. An interesting mix, a very interesting mix, I think, of double game week teams for when you're trying to pick if you even want a double home team this week. And then your double away teams, we have uh, Miami and Minnesota. Everybody else is rotating one home, one away. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting game. Nobody is on a buy round this week. So if you're looking for switcheroo fodder options, Columbus is going to be your best bet just because they play later in the week. I think they have a Sunday game um, because New England does play on Wednesday. So Columbus is going to be your best bet. You could still go with somebody like a Seattle who plays in the last game. On Wednesday, you can still see most of the points, but uh, to be safe, you're going to want to go with Columbus. You have the best shot at uh, not messing something up and accidentally leaving a guy on your bench. Unless, of course, Actually, it ends up I being think, a Columbus player. I think maybe a Scrub would probably score you higher than Columbus players at this point. <laughs> it depends. It depends. That's going to be the balance is if you do identify a scrub team and if they do play or if some of that's, but that's why I say Columbus is going to give you the most flexibility because you can at least see everything on Wednesday, everything on Saturday before, if you need to preview something, um, I didn't go through and check to see who you could see everything with, uh, lots of the teams, lots of the teams you can, you can check and see, but, uh, yeah, I think Columbus is the best bet this round. Other than that, let's talk about injuries and suspensions. I will turn this over to Belaine and Christian to see what you guys got from Discord. Yeah, I have had a busy week and a busy start to the week. And so Christian's up on it. So I'm going to let him run it. And we just I just want to say I appreciate all the work he does and the way the Discord team works on it. I know I logged in this morning and saw somebody ask what yellow cards, what red cards were there, who's hurt, and a bunch of answers started coming in. So thanks to the community and Christian, take it away for the community. Yeah, I echo what uh, Blaine said. <clears throat> I asked that question this morning and I got like six answers immediately and it, it just helps so much. Um, I still mess everything up, but it's still, it, 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 it makes it less messed up when you guys answer. So it's awesome. Thank you. Um, so almost everybody who was injured is no longer injured. If they weren't out on up for the season, for example, and they had like a hamstring or an ankle or whatever, they're probably back. Um, that's the one takeaway I had when I did the sheet was, geez, nobody's really out. Um, except for yellow card suspensions. Uh, there were actually, I'm going to jump to the injuries. Uh, last week, now take this with a grain of salt because there are, you know, I'm saying that they might be injured because they came off injured in the game this week that they played. Okay. So, so Janovich possibly is out. Uh, Mavinga came off injured. Zavaleta came off injured. So um, hint, hint, pick against Toronto defense this week. Um, Mukhtar even came off early uh, with an alleged injury. Reynoso came off with what I think is a fantasy phantom injury 
and it was announced earlier this week uh, that Chow Alexander is out for the season. Um, so getting to suspensions, Graham Zusi is out uh, for yellow card accumulation. Uh, Jansen, Janssen, Jansen from Orlando is also suspended for yellow card accumulation. Espinoza is as well, and so is Hedges. Um, those that are on a double game week will probably play the second game. So keep that in mind. Um, Figal got a, uh, is, will be serving, uh, the first game, the remainder of his red card from two weeks ago. So he'll miss the first game at Atlanta and Gregory is going to miss both this week's games. Apparently, he got games tacked on for his red card last week. Um, so that's about it. If anybody has any um, additional injuries, please uh, join Discord if you're not already on and message me them. Uh, or Tyler Norman, uh, who is also AKA Ranchinator. One of us will add them to the injuries list. And that's about it. It's pretty pretty slim one this week. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, guys, uh, for helping with that. Uh, Ned, it's nice to have you guys back in the player pool, actually. And of course, as always, uh, like I've seen in chat and like we've been saying, yellow cards and and cautions warnings are going to be always important on a double game week, especially a huge double game week like this could really uh, throw your plans out the window if you catch it on uh, the wrong time. And as they said, if you are interested in learning more about the Discord community and how to find all these tips or contribute any knowledge you may have about your team, you can head over to mlsfantasyboss.com slash Discord. That's the easiest way to become a member of our Discord community. Over 800 people are currently members, maybe a few bots, who knows, uh, maybe at least one bot team that, that I beat this week. But uh, we have over 800 users as a member of our Discord that includes many of the top players in the game. And everyone is, uh, is super friendly. It's a great atmosphere. There's, there's of course, Fancy MLS talk. There's FPL talk. We have little separate separate rooms for lots of different interests and activities. And it's just a great community. I encourage you to head over there and check it out. So, yes, once again, MLSFancyBoss.com slash Discord. But now let's get into our player targets for round three. All right, let's talk player targets for round 23. But first, uh, let's get to uh, most promising games, Ashley. I am a little all over the place with the games that I like for this week. Um, I think I'm double game week overloaded, so maybe I'm missing some glaring options that I'm sure you guys will cover later. But um, I like both of Portland's games this week, um, which, again, are things that I hardly ever say. Um, I just like how they've been playing. I don't, I don't know if going down to the bank is really going to change what they just did at home to LASC. Um, and then going, being at home against inner Miami, that's a big travel leg for inner Miami. That'll be their second game in just a few days. Um, depending on how Portland rotates, if they rotate, I think that that game against Miami could be huge. So I do like both of Portland's games this week. Um, I'm also from a fantasy perspective, really here for Seattle at San Jose. 
Um, those two teams, when they get together, almost always produce fantasy points. It's never like, sometimes it's one team just beating the shit out of the other, but usually you're going to get a little bit across the board. Um, San Jose really needs points right now to, to stay in playoff contention. Um, and Seattle is coming off a really congested fixture and a big loss and a big win. Um, so to play there midweek, I think could be a really interesting game for, for some points. Um, and then I also like LA galaxy going to RSL. Um, RSL had a little bit of an off week last week. Um, the galaxy are generally not great on the road. Um, I mean, we've seen them do okay at different points this year, but right now in their current form, um, I'm just definitely paying attention to that from an RSL perspective. And I think should produce some pretty decent points. Yeah, I guess I'm up next. And I'm going right back to that RSL-LA game. And I think that 6-1 stomp by Portland is going to be in a death sentence for LA on this one. I think RSL is just going to come out firing. That defense has got something to prove. LA is not the greatest team on the road. Um, they have been struggling to find some goals. So I think as crazy as it is, I'm going to preview it for the next one, is I think this is one of the strongest clean sheet chances of the entire weekend or the entire round because I just think RSL is going to come out super strong on this one on the rebound game. We've seen it. We've talked about it. And that's why it's one of the first games I put down in this section because I just I feel that strongly about what happens when you get a rebound game like that and a team that's been playing well and has something to prove. Yeah. Um, most of the rest of the week, I actually think is kind of your standard fare. There's some good matchups. There's not a ton of great matchups. The teams we've been betting against are playing against other weaker teams that we like to bet against. So do you really want to pick from a game that you don't expect a whole lot or that could go absolutely crazy, but it could be any number of guys who get it? Um, honestly, the team I like most for just weird fixtures is I love the way Houston's set up for both games. Uh, hosting Vancouver and then going to sporting. And this is just a gut feeling, but the way they play, I think they can take advantage of Vancouver. And I don't think Vancouver is playing as well as they have been. That defense isn't that strong and Houston's got some guys that can run. And then that sporting's one weakness is speed over the top. Still, that's the big weakness they have. Um, if Pasher's healthy, he's there. Picot has been on fire. Uh, they've got some guys that like to pass out of the midfield. Like I could see just, a lot of presence going forward in both of these games. It makes me really interested to see how many goals Houston can get on a round like this, because I think they're, they're set up to go get goals given these, the matchups. And that's, this is a hundred percent matchup dependent. This is not an endorsement of Houston at all. It's just, they've been putting up some goals and the matchups really seem to favor the players they have. And, Every team has good weeks every now and then again, and I think this could be one of those great weeks for Houston with the way they play. Uh, as for me, I'm going to have to say both of Cincinnati's games. I have, fingers crossed, for one going against Toronto, uh, but uh, it's no secret. Uh, Stom is out at Cincinnati, and multiple times this season – I have been like, well, you know, they've lost their coach there, but you got to be careful how that's going to change the team and they're going to have to acclimate to that. It may have been something just like that. And both times, those teams have done well. And so I'm going to say 
well, maybe third time's a charm, or maybe it's going to actually be how I thought it was. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how FC Cincinnati reacts to their coach leaving and having something else come in. But uh, who knows? Who knows? As I said this morning, uh, just the fact that we've fired a coach again is at, at this point endearing to me. It's like, how, what's the over under of us continuing to go with one coach a year? Who knows? Uh, but other than that, I'm also looking at that Chicago, New York city game, just because I'm not high on Chicago. Uh, I'm super high on Tati usually. And so, uh, and, and some of their midfield. And so I, I like some potential, even though that's an away game, uh, I'm still interested in that just to see what, what could happen, but you guys have hit some of the other ones. Christian, what about you? <clears throat> I'm targeting whoever is playing Miami. So Atlanta, Portland, um, yeah, they had this sort of like phantom surge of goodness there for a little bit. And uh, they, they, uh, sorry to say they suck again. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm also looking at El Trafico part seven because stupid schedule. And um, the reason I'm looking at that, and okay, I tend to agree with Ashley on. LAFC, but if Atuesta starts this game, which I have a feeling he probably will, if he's not like completely like injured, injured, um, Atuesta is so important to that team. And if if he starts that that game, he has a they have a very good shot um, at making it competitive. Otherwise, I have a feeling that LA Galaxy will probably just kill him. Um, but anyway, that's my, those are my hot takes. There's nothing really like astonishing about those really. All right. Well, let's get to these player picks. Who are you all looking at for keepers, defenders, and clean sheet chances? Blaine. Yeah, there's not a ton of clean sheets this year. I uh, did find my two that I like, and then the hot take one. That's Atlanta and Seattle are kind of my two that I like this week. I just, I like the matchups. I like the way they're playing. Um, and then RSL is also on there. I just think the rebound game is usually pretty good. And LA has not been good on the road. So I could throw them out there. Um, given those three teams, the way I like to set up my keeper this week is I'm going to probably run Guzan to Fry. Um, Guzan versus Miami is probably the best clean sheet shot of the weekend of the whole round. And I'll take that. And then Seattle, San Jose, that one can get really wild, but I like it as one of the late games. And then Seattle, Colorado is the game that I'm really interested there for Fry on the second leg. Colorado has not been putting up goals. Seattle's been defensively sound. I can see that being a 0-0 draw, but I just I really see Seattle keeping a clean sheet on that second leg on the second game. And so I'm gonna kind of bank on that one. And it just it works out really, really well for the double game week rotation. You can see that first game, and then you still have your two games on the back end to go to it. And two games I really like on that one. Um, you you messed up your your keeper route last week. You posted your team, and I was like, "Hey, you're going to mess it up, and you mess it up." So what you're saying, to be clear, if someone wants to run with this, is Guzan you're going to start bench. with Guzan on your bench. You're going to, <laughs> and if he does not get the clean sheet, you you will have Fry play at the end of Wednesday, and you'll be locked. And so yes. you're good with that. Okay. Yes, I'm good with that. No, uh, what Reed's referencing is I sent a screenshot of my team. Last week, I had Willis in the starting spot, Amelia on the bench, and I did not flip him. I just forgot. Good call. Good call, ultimately. Yeah, it worked. I uh, Happy accident at this point. Like, I 
I would have switched to well, no, I would have seen him both. I would have seen both scores, so it wouldn't have mattered. Although I was out and about, I may not have had time to change it. So it worked out for me, but it was a huge mistake at the same time. Right. But no, um, just make sure because that is what's going to happen if someone does that that combination is you yeah. will be locked with Fry, then you're just banking on that of that second game. Yeah. And I and, and as I was saying, I think Fry's second game is the one you want anyway. Last game of the round versus Colorado. They're not a team that's scoring. Seattle has been pretty defensively sound. I think that's one of the better clean sheet shouts on the weekend. Um, I'm uh, first guy in the list, just the two teams they're playing. I like the way he's playing. Uh, Bravo for Portland um, was an easy pick for me this week. I think that Miami game is probably the better clean sheet chance, but he does get involved in the attack. And with the way these guys are playing, he can get up there and get some stuff done. Um I'm torn. I, I missed it last week just because of the way things went and yellow card accumulation, but I'm torn between Lennon and Franco for Atlanta. Um, Lennon's been the more consistent, probably the more popular pick. Um, Franco's had the better average on the season, and when he's played recently, he's had even better scores. I don't know if that's going to hold true, but I'm looking at that one as one or the other potential differential. Go with the one that's least owned. Um, and then Third spot on my defense, because I always run the two scrubs, is probably Fontas still. I know I only got a three this last week, but Dallas and Houston both can get some pressure on him. That's a lot more chance for bonus points for him. He is one of those bonus point guys. I have not liked clean sheet hunting as much. I may not stick with him, but he's been so solid for me, it's really hard to get away from him. Okay, Ashley. Yeah, I like Atlanta for clean sheets this week, too. Um, you know, when they played at home, I feel like they've been really solid lately. Um, and in Miami coming in, I feel pretty decent about. Um, and then I kind of have just some maybes across Portland, Seattle, um, maybe Colorado. I, I, I have a lot of more maybes than I have. I like this team for clean sheets. Um, for keepers, I'm looking to go Guzan to either Yarbrough or Crepo. Um, Crapo's been producing decent bonus points in games he doesn't get shutouts. Um, I mean, when you do a double game week keeper like this, really you're sticking to one because, you know, like you kind of just heckled blame for, if you put in a later keeper on the same day, just because you don't like your first keeper's first game, then there's zero possibility of getting that keeper second game out. And so I like, I think Turner is a great example from this last weekend. He got a seven because he got a random assist. And so most people would have scrubbed him in, but then he did better than that. The second game, because he saved a PK, neither of which he contributed a shutout. So I always struggle when picking a second keeper in the double game week. That's this massive. For me, my keeper is probably going to be Brad Kuzan, and I'll just probably I'll put someone in there just for my own sanity. But that's who I'll probably run with no matter what. Um, and then I like Lennon, I like Wagner, I like Zimmerman, um, and then I kind of have some question marks around. Uh, Christian will tear me apart for this, and that's okay. Uh, some Toronto defenders um, just for their double home and what they're looking at. Um, I think Richie Larea is a decent shout. He's been playing more as a midfielder, not as a wingback. Um, and then I also, like I said, I like Trusty from Colorado. Um, and that's not like a down on Seattle pick. I just think that they have pretty decent matchups and um, 
the the excess of games is going to kick in for Seattle at some point. I don't know if I think it'll be the home game on the weekend, but I think it's going to happen at, at, at some point. Um, so I think he might be a decent shout depending on how they adjust to, to centrally and field. It's not even what it's called anymore to Seattle. Christian. Well, <clears throat> you know, you've got Richie Larea there, which isn't a bad shout. I mean, really it's isn't. He's got I need upside. to move up, right? Like I, it's kind of a, I need to get into Champions League mindset. If I was already in Champions League, please don't pick up Richie Larea. If you're already in, don't do it. But yeah, yeah. Larea's got upside. Yeah. It's not a bad pick. Two home games. Anyway, um, uh, for clean sheets, uh, I'm ex- almost exactly like Ashley. Um, Atlanta's probably got the best shot. Um, and frankly, uh, I don't see many others. I have maybe Colorado, maybe Montreal, maybe Portland. Um, for my keeper, I've got Guzan and Yarborough. And for my defenders, I've got pretty much the same as everybody else. Uh, Lennon, Wagner, Tolkien, Zimmerman. Uh, I also have Estevez from uh, Colorado because I really like this guy. Um, spends a lot of his time in the opposition box, which is really cool. So he's in my team. Uh, massive upside with that guy. See, I'm, I can be fast if I need to be. No, I had, had to wait. Had to wait and see. I think you guys have covered a lot of the main ones. I'm also looking at Guzan Yarborough, um, but I definitely see what you're saying, Ashley. Just go with Guzan and see what happens. It's not really a money issue anymore. That tends to be some of the the thinking at the beginning of the season. But with this one, if you think you're just going to shoot yourself, if you like both of the Atlanta games, yeah, for sure, go for it. I mean, you could always have room as your backup keeper then if you wanted to to go with that. So because you could at least see both Atlanta games and then. Maybe go with Columbus if if you think that Philly won't score on them. Uh, but you do have some options, even if not. But I do. I also like who's on as well. Uh, a couple of other names, maybe just to throw things out there um, to add some more to the list. Uh, I think you guys mentioned Wagner. Duncan, maybe if you want to go with, with the Red Bulls, I do play Cincinnati. So so one of the – we mentioned Tolkien already. Duncan's another one. Um, Gutman, those are some New York – Red Bulls that we've mentioned before. Uh, maybe Andrade. He's not out or yellow card or anything, is he? He's not. That he he occasionally gets rotated on yeah. double. Is he talking about Gamar? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my biggest fear about any Seattle pick is is the rotations. But if you're high like Blaine is on Fry and maybe getting a clean sheet, I, I think Andrade is the option there. I think he's been best with the bonus point production. He might for, be on warning. Team. Is he on warning? He might be. He got a yellow card last game, so maybe check it out. I mean, there's there's yeah. some options there if you're if you're thinking of clinchy hunting right there. Um, Wait, Tyler's yelling at us. Yes, he's on watch. There we go. He's on watch. So this with as with any defender, just be careful. Uh, maybe one more totally crazy one, just because we've seen LA Galaxy struggling and Austin FC is near the bottom of the table right now. Maybe you go flyer with Herrera or someone like that over with uh, with RSL that. If you're just looking for some other options that that might have some some decent potential, I think Herrera is pretty decent on bonus point production as well. Uh, so there's there's some options there. No one beats Fontas though, I guess. Was that right, Blaine? Uh, I don't think the numbers support that, but it seems like he does. <coughs> he does return. Not after a lot. clean sheet hunting. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Fontas is a safety pick. He's not a 
flashy pick at all. <laughs> all right. Well, I let's like the maybe... RSL shouts. Like I would, that's kind of where my next line is, is in RSL and picking some of those guys. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of the more flashy picks and start talking about midfielders. Ashley. Yeah. I um, struggled a little with midfielders this week because I'd look at the schedule and then I'd, a name would pop out at me and then I'd scroll farther down and then another name would pop out at me. And by the time I did that, I feel like I had nine midfielders. Um, (laughs) So I know, especially when Christian comes on, he and I both like to say 15 names and just like, like (laughs) people that listen, see what sticks. So I'm going to try to not do that. Christian brings it out of me. Um, I do like golf this week. I know that I've struggled to like fully hop on board to that. Um, and I'm, I'm not, by now he's chalk, but I'm a little late to the party. I, I just haven't really seen it in him. Um, I like him this week. I like those matchups. Um, I like what he's been producing in bonus points. Um, I, again, we talked about this a couple times already. I obviously have Mukhtar um, a home and away. I think a, a couple weeks ago now, um, we had this big debate about whether or not Mukhtar was worth it for away games and we kind of thought maybe he wasn't and then I think that was when he went to Atlanta and put up like a brace and an assist let's talk about the things we got wrong (laughs) but my point is ever since then none of us have picked against him on the road like we that completely changed our minds like Christian said earlier I don't know if he's a must for me on like an interesting matchup double away week but for these matchups this week I do like him and my team a lot um I also am enjoying the Blanco-Barco combo. Um, I didn't think that Blanco would go both um, last time Portland had a double, and he did. Uh, if anything from their goal-scoring feat the other night shows you a lot of that midfield can produce, I think Yimmy Chara is a fantasy player we don't talk about a lot here, mostly because I don't like him, but he is a good fantasy producer in favorable matchups for Portland. Um so if you're worried about rotation, I think that he might be one. But then Servici, when they're like clobbering people or or doing really shitty, tends to sub him first. So um, it's kind of just like pulling a name out of a bag for me a little bit um, with rotation for Portland. But I do like Portland in general, which makes me want to go to to Blanco. And then I've said this for a couple of weeks now. I, I tend to lean more Barco than Moreno. I don't think this is a week to double up. I think you need to look at that roster and pick one. Um or look at that first lineup and pick one for me, it's usually Barco. Um, and then I also am just kind of having this flux debate between Joao Paulo and Rusnak. Um, a lot of it, I think will come down to what the lineups look like for that first game. If Seattle rotates heavily, um, I, I think I might fade to Rusnak. Um, however, with Nico Lodero out now, uh, Joao Paulo is going to continue to take all of the corner kicks. Um, he takes a lot of the free kicks um, he just gets in there with additional bonus points. He gets defensive bonus points. He gets offensive bonus points. He tracks back. He gets up. Um, he occasionally scored screamers. So with a home game and then an San Jose team that leaks goals, um, I think he's a, he's a decent shout. Um, but like I said, I, I'm going back and forth between him and Rusnak. So. What did JP get last this last game? I think he got – four-ish. Josh Atencio scored higher than he did, which was um, a pretty impressive... JP was a four. I got him in draft, and that was all I got from him. Yep, he had a four this last week, and then Roldan was the goal scorer. Um, But he also put in a full game in the the midweek. Yeah, that's true. For the the cup. 
So, and it was in Sporting Kansas City. That's not a game I would ever pick up a player like him for um, away to Sporting, but at San Jose and then at home against Colorado is to me more in his lane for fantasy. But yeah, could go. Yeah, he could do well. I mean, um, I I tend to stay away from Paolo because um, he is a defensive mid and even though he's on sets, I, you know, I've, I've just taken him and he's, and he's take, he's, he's rewarded me with that kind of score four or yeah. five every single time. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just play the game a little differently. I, I'm used to tr- having to catch up. So I, I always play upside, but anyway, um, I'm looking at Barco. That's my only real solid pick this week for meds. Um, like Ashley said, I really have about 13 mids that I could have, I, I would be happy to take. Uh, one of them being Pozuelo, who is just this, like on paper, this guy will probably, actually, because LMLS, this guy will probably come out. Nobody will pick him up. He's and he'll, he'll score of a third. Of course, of course. And <clears throat> so that's why I put him down there, because he's worth mentioning. Uh, Gressel's also worth, worth mentioning, even though he's up against a couple of very stout defenses. Um, I still think that he's one of the, the league's best bonus point generators uh, for midfield. And he's just attack-minded, and I really like him. Um, Mihailovic is another person I have on my list. However, he is as well two home games. That's the reason but he as well has a, a couple of tough fixtures. So I'm not sure I'm going to stick with him. Uh, I also have Gauld. Uh, I also have Hani Mukhtar. Mukhtar may be hurt. So if he's not hurt, I'm definitely having him. Uh, Rusnak is in my list too. He's got some tasty matchups. Link can talk about that a little more. I also have Atuesta. I'm hoping he starts. And I'm hoping that he plays in uh, in El Trafico because I think that he would probably do pretty well in that match. Um, and as a backup, I have Blanco uh, as well, just because he just, I mean, that game, was it yesterday? Was just, that was such an awesome game for the Timbers. I'm sorry you Seattle people, but that was such a fun, awesome game to watch. And I, I do my share of panning the Timbers, believe me. I hate Sabaresi more than I hate my own coach. But, you know, like, I, I, I really think they're starting to turn a corner. And, and it's, it, it's pretty impressive. So I have Blanco there just for, I guess, street cred at this point. But anyway, I might not take him. I like his little head-to-heads. Uh, and for the clarification... Uh, Julian Gressel, number two midfielder in uh, bonus point production this season, three points behind Carlos Heel. So he has uh, 63 bonus points that he's generated with the the lion's share of them being on attacking, uh, though, I mean, Heel has 66 with 60 of them being attacking. So So the caveat with Gressel is always going to be, is Flores out there and is he hogging it? Is Ariola hogging it? Because I've seen that happen multiple times. And 
they both those guys could totally nerf Gressel's score. Also, Gressel is very capable all by himself putting up a three. So <laughs> just fine. keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a quick drop off because I mean, Heal and Gressel both have sixty three bonus points, and this is not their their total scores, but bonus points that they produced this year. And then after that, it drops by. 20 points down to Maxi Morales, who has 43. So, I mean, it's a pretty steep drop right there, but no other DC players in the top 25. So, uh, but yeah, just for that nice little little stat right there, he is number two in bonus point production. Blaine, you've been adding some notes. What do you got for us? Yeah, so I was going to start this uh, my midfield off with the caveat that I'm chasing Champions League, so don't listen to a thing I say. <laughs> but So I went ahead Come and on. Other people are in this position, <laughs> yeah. Blaine. So you I'm have doing, helpful information so doing, to provide. I'm doing two midfields here. Uh, my chalk midfield, this is what my gut immediately told me. It's like, okay, this is the smart way to play. This is how you maintain your score. You go Heel, Blanco, Barco, Rusnak, Mukhtar, and or Price. Five of those six guys. That's your chalk midfield right there. If you're in Champions League, you better be taking Price for this one. Like, there's I'm no not. reason not to. He's got too many. He's getting too many points too consistently. I think he's he's one of those guys that's going to help you maintain your spot. The rest of them are the good ones. Now, what I'm doing is completely different. I am going to stick with Rusnak, who I have in there. Um, Ashley, you kind of stole one of mine. I kind of put Blanco down there, but I'm leaning more and more towards Yimi Chara. Um, if he's coming back into form. Um, I drafted him early and this is one of those trades. Like I've got Christian and I have history on talking this and I don't listen to him enough. He told me not to trade Yimmy Chara for anything early in the season. I ended up trading Yimmy for Pulido, which ended up paying off huge because Yimmy disappeared for about six months. He did. He did, Uh, but it was coming off that hat trick. So his value was highest. And I basically did a straight up swap Yimmy for Pulido plus a new waiver spot, which became who knew. So I, I won that trade pretty hands down, but Christian told me not to get rid of Yimmy. Now, if we're getting back on track with Yimmy being what he was in Champions League, he's going to be better than Barco for mm-hmm. fantasy. His points are going to be there. I think this might be the week just to, that I run, ahead, run him out there. I think everybody's going to kind of go Blanco or Yimmy. I think there's going to be quite a few Yimmy picks, but I think Blanco is going to get more of them just because he's been the more consistent player. I'll probably go with the differential. Mihailovic is another one of my differentials that I think he's going to get a lot of play, but I think he's worth it at this point. I'm going to go against the bonus points, and I have Flores back out there. He got me a nine, or an eight last week and didn't really get involved as much in a four-goal game. With the way DC's playing, with the way he's Flores is getting back in form, I will take him to start either one of those games. I think he's going to get that, get his mojo back and really get it going. And Christian, I think you're right on that one. Flores is a huge limiting factor to Gressel. And I think the more involved he gets, the worse Gressel is going to be. And I'm going to go ahead and take the gamble that Flores is going to be that guy, especially Mm -hmm. following Gressel's solid week last week. I'm not looking for the repeat. I'm not going to go chasing the points that we had last week. I'm going to go looking for the points where they should be. And that's with Flores. And my final one, which I'm just going to go completely off the deep end, is I'm going Picot for Houston. I like these matchups. I think he's, he's hot right now. He may be cooling off a little bit, but I think these are two teams he can exploit with his speed. 
I just see him getting it done in one of these games. And I, I'm going to go with him as a differential and try to make champions league. And that's why I say nobody has to follow me on this, but these are my huge differentials because I need to make up quite a bit of ground over double digit points. I'm not doing it running a chalk team. So I have to go find where the extra points are. And I think Pico's got the extra points this week. Yeah. Nice, nice hot takes. Uh, the, you guys have covered everybody else who I, uh, have considered except the only name that i will mention that i've already mentioned in the show is acosta and uh, i have him down as a a bench midfielder just because uh, a lot of it's against that toronto game uh, just to see what potentially cincinnati could do against another bad team (laughs) um just to see what cincinnati could do in that game and see if there is any new energy or freedom or a mindset change with a new coach, potentially a new GM hire as well. We'll see how that turns out, Uh, but just see if anything does happen because we've seen it twice this year, coaching changes, uh, a bump in the positive direction, which uh, surprised me. Uh, I would have thought there could have been maybe a little bit of, of uh, getting used to that, but it's happened. It will probably go the way I think it would usually go with this game, but Hey, uh, we'll see. I, I think there's some. I think there's some solid fantasy thought there about. I mean, Acosta is is a top twenty bonus point producer. Toronto is is suffering. Christian, you were talking about poor defense as well, right there. So I mean, I think there is opening, and if it's going to come from FC Cincinnati, it's going to be likely from Acosta. The next game is against New York Red Bulls. There's some history there at home. Uh, it's it's the second game. Maybe there'll be rotations. Maybe there could be some just some positive spirits as well with FC Cincinnati back at home. Uh, I still think there's a, a decent shot. Um, but like you guys said, there's a lot of midfielders. Maybe you think someone is is better, or maybe you want to try to get a Champions League spot and you want to look for something different. This one's real different, I think. But we've covered a lot of good stuff. So let's move on to forwards. Christian, who do you have? Forwards are probably the toughest this week, in my opinion. Um, but before I reveal that, I just want to very quickly say uh, Minnesota – is probably one of the best road defenses in the league. Uh, They have one of the best records away in the league, period. And this is why D.C., I mean, and they focus on playmakers. They focus on shutting down playmakers. Flores may be a dud for you, just saying. Just like Gressel would probably be. Um, Anyway, on to my forwards. Um, Kyoto, I have because um, I like him. Um, Shabilko is another one that I have uh, for timing and for, and both those guys are on my bench. Shabilko seems to be coming back into form, and I think people yeah. are kind of sleeping on, sleeping on uh, Kurt and Steam there. Um, and then Whoever starts between Mora and Nezgoda, I have on my field as a fallback. And I really think that they are primed to repeat those fireworks, especially if Nezgoda starts. That guy is just so good. Uh, anyway, I'm I, uh, really high on Portland's attack right now. Um, so take that for what it's worth. I probably will, will just kill him like in a couple of weeks, but whatever. Um, that's it for me. All right. Blaine. Yeah. I didn't have as much trouble with forwards. Um, 
I have not been having good luck with forwards as much. It's hitting those double goals has been really tough. Uh, Mora, I think, is probably the easy one to throw in there, uh, given the way they've played, given the way that team's playing. And his record recently has been really good. So it, it's hard to get away from him. Same with Tati. It's, he's just he's scoring goals when he needs to. These aren't the best matchups in the world, but they're not bad matchups. And if it's really hard in the, in these games to find out where you're going to get a brace. Cause that's honestly, that's what you're looking for at this point in the forward game is who's most likely to get you a brace. Um, and talk to you, keep surfacing to the, or rising to the top of the list. It's just, I, I think that's where a brace is. I love the Shabilko shout. I think he's good for a goal a game. I just don't know that he's got a brace in him. And, and it's those type of things I'm looking for two. And I, I'm struggling to find two goals anywhere. And then my third one is kind of looking at Ola Kamara again. Um, he did absolutely nothing for us last week, but give him two shots at it. Um, and I like these matchups. I know Minnesota is a tough road defense. It, it makes sense. Uh, the second game, uh, where is where is their second game? It's Orlando. Orlando. I mean, Orlando's a team that gives up goals at times. Uh, and I think – and I, I just like the way DC plays. That's a good game to go for. I think Kamara's got something in him for one of these. But, again, he could easily be benched as well, so that makes me a little nervous. Uh, Roberta's came in and scored. They've rotated those guys a little bit at times. So I am a little nervous on that one. I And then so the one I wish was earlier is I'm actually really, really tempted by Rubin for RSL as a differential this week. I don't trust the Galaxy defense that much. I think that's a good matchup for him. And then RSL, second game, where to go, is against Austin. And Austin's hit or miss on defense. I just think this is one of those weeks where he could really take over a game, get a couple of goals, surprise everybody, and maybe taking the two bites at the apple with an RSL forward and seeing what happens, because I think they are favorable matchups for them. That's why I've got Rusnak in there as one of those chalk picks. It's just, it's good matchups all the way around. They're defenses that I don't trust. And so maybe I get off of Kamara, especially if I don't see him start that first game, and just go with the RSL striker and see what happens, because I think there's potential for a lot of goals with RSL this week. And I kind of, I've got to do something crazy, and I don't think anybody else is going to take Rubin. I don't think any of the top 100 players are really going to be looking at him. So maybe that's my entry to try to get back in Champions League. Maybe now that you've shared, they might. Who knows? Ashley. Yeah, I am going to echo Mora. Um, I don't have the same uh, love affair with Nuzgoda that, that Christian does. For me, Mora is the hot hand, I think. So obviously he's gonna gonna ride that through. He doesn't have a reason not to, um, unless he has a knock I don't know about. Um, so I, I definitely like him this week. He was one of my first first ads. Um, I also am gonna throw out a, a very homer pick, but one that I think I can't decide if it's chalk or differential. The, the fact that none of you have him makes me think it's a differential. Um, but Raúl Ruiz Diaz is someone that I that I put in my team kind of early. Um, and the reason for that is he is very, very hungry. Um, one of the things that he's wanted to do and been vocal about since he got to Seattle is win a golden boot. And he's now two goals back on Ola, I think. Um, and he'd been leading for most of the year. He has been in the right place at the right time, probably should have had two or three across the last two games, including the, the league cup final. 
Um, and usually when we watch Rui Diaz have games where he should have put one or two away and he didn't, he comes out and definitely lights it up. Um, and I think at San Jose and then a home game are two really good opportunities for him to bag more than just one in a game. Um, I'm, I am by no means captaining him. Again, he's kind of like Blaine said, I'm on the outside looking in for Champions League. So for me, that's a player that I think not a ton of people will pick up, um, but that I feel good about. And then the third striker spot for me is probably going to go to Tati. Um, I, I agree that he just is so focal in that NYCFC attack. No matter who's in or who's out, as long as he's on the field, things tend to run through him in some way. And that's not to say he creates things. He's just always there. Um, I think he got like two assists with like his butt so far this year. And I'm not joking. That's a very serious fact. Um, he's just always around. So I think in another double game week, uh, he's, he's someone I'm definitely considering. I really like the Prisp and the Kyoto shots too. Um, those are, those are two other names that I thought about as well, but I think my third spot will probably go to Tati. That's fair. Uh, I, again, I like a lot of those names. Uh, the one I'll throw out there that I think hasn't been mentioned is Arango. Um, if we're, if we're looking at something that could potentially go off with LAFC, uh, otherwise I was kind of looking at Rui or, or Tati. I don't know if I would go both, uh, especially cause I, I, I hadn't thought about Kyoto and, uh, I'm interested in that he has what points in his last four or five games consecutively with, with goals yep. and or assists. Um, double home. And, and a double home. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not huge in a lot of the home, the double home teams this week, but I hadn't, hadn't thought about that one. Had not thought about that with myself. Otherwise I also like Shabilko. Uh, I think it is. I think he is. You're, you're right. Christian kind of an under the radar pick right now with some of the success that he's, that he's having. Uh, other than that, uh, quick check in chat. Yeah, Gene, I saw mentioning Bo, mentioning Jay Mart. Um, I think you'd be careful with Martinez. There's an injury concern there. Uh, and Bo, we haven't talked about a lot of New England players just because of probably the lack of the double game week. Mostly they're going up against Montreal on the road. Um, maybe, maybe they could have that as, as far as Montreal goes. Um, they, oh yeah, they've, they've changed their name when, the, when it comes yeah. to the stats. Uh, I'm just looking at the shots allowed. So the and Reed, while you're doing that, Montreal's been one of those teams. They got really hot defensively early in the season, mm-hmm. and I think there's some lingering effects from that. We all kind of wonder if Montreal's going to get back to that, and they've shown flashes of that from time to time. It, it's one of those you're taking a single game week team on the road at a defense that strung together quite a few good results. Yeah. It's it, it, whether they've dropped off or not, they've got that potential there and you have no fallback game. Yeah. Um, I could see taking heel against Montreal pretty easy, but when you don't know if Bo's going to start and yes, I know that's an early game, but I just, I can't justify Bo, Buxa, any of them. No. Because even it's if they three doubles, yeah, are yeah. they 90 minutes fit? Like, or is Arena going to rotate at 60 minutes like he has been doing some? Yeah. Been playing these other guys. He's trying to figure out what's going to score the most goals. I just, there's there's too many variables there for a road team on a single game week in a big double game week for me. 
Yeah, and New England is the the team with the third most shots total this year with 400 shots. Montreal is sitting down. They've allowed 322 shots this year. Uh, that puts them in, I don't know, kind of the bottom of the middle of the pack, almost almost the bottom. So they've done the, they've done okay. They, they've done pretty well as far as not allowing shots. Um, so so that does have a game where I I could see something. Now, Reed, I had a question for you in this section because we're sure. talking forwards. I like the matchups. I think they're interesting. We had a couple of shouts for Acosta. Um, I don't trust Toronto's defense at all. Um, Red Bulls are hit or miss right now. I just, I don't know what to make. Brenner is a differential given how bad Toronto is. I, I think you compare that to Brenner as a differential versus how I don't want to say bad Brenner is underperforming mm-hmm. Brenner has been. Um, he's, he's in a little bit better at the end of, at, in this last bit of a run, uh, he's gotten a few more shots. I mean, you, he gets two to three shots a game mm-hmm. on target, which, which isn't, isn't Tati level of production. No. Isn't horrible for a forward. He's, he's sort of been picking up a goal every other game with, with uh, a poor Toronto. You, you definitely could, See that he's, I mean, he's a $13 million guy who, who has to pay off, who has to pay off for this team. So I think Acosta has been the more consistent one, but if, if you want a crazy flyer, you could, I absolutely don't think he's going to be a two goal guy. He's only gotten that once this year against Montreal. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't feel like Toronto's that strong. That's why I ask. They've been giving up goals, and he's he's just one of those crazy flyers that if you said an absolutely not, then yeah, we take your word for it. But it's not one of those completely out of left field. It's just mostly out of left field. I know he's like I said, he he gets some shots. He is a quality player. He he's I don't want to say on form, but I mean he went for that huge stretch of where he did nothing, and so he's at least scored every other ish type game. So I mean he's getting some production. Um, I feel like maybe you'd have, I, I feel like Kyoto would be a better differential option just because of being at home with, with those two games. Uh, but, but yeah, if, if you rolled with him, I, 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 I don't have a good reason not to. Okay. Yeah. We just got to give you some Cincinnati talk too. I mean, can't, I mean, most of my talk is people leaving and maybe yeah. people trying to get Bob Bradley or something crazy I mean, like that, which I'm all for. So. And you always yeah. talk about firing the coach and that re- that game, first game after firing a coach and what happens. I mean, that's yeah. the Toronto game. Like, there, there's so many variables there that just make me want to go, okay, what what if? And I just – I had to ask. And Cincinnati's got to get some love every once in a while. Yeah, Ryan's saying Brenner's worse than Shabilko, and he doesn't like Shabilko. Yeah, no, I probably I, – I, I would say Shabilko's probably a better differential than Brenner. But, hey, you want to have fun, go for it. I'm all about having fun with the Cincinnati pick. All right. Let's wrap things up with uh, if you guys have any switcheroos, you want to throw those up before we get the captains that you haven't already mentioned. Don't switcheroo on a big double game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, this, I, isn't, I, this is really. I wrote names there, but it was more just like players. I can't decide if I won or not. And I think <laughs> I kind of already said, said some of those. I, I agree on a double game week like this. It's a two scrub set it and forget it type of a thing. Yeah. Um, Christian. Yeah, the only one that I would mention on my list that I haven't already already is uh, GTA from uh, Austin. He looked pretty strong yeah. in his game on Sunday. I mean, like, 
That guy is huge and he's strong. He muscles people off the ball. And mm. it's just amazing. It was it was fun to watch him play. Next year, get him get him through this part, get him an off season with Austin. Next year is when we're gonna really see him shine. Yeah. But he could very well shine yeah. in this game. Yeah. So All right. Well, then let's wrap things up with our captain picks. Blaine. I am. I am totally undecided. It's still on Tati from last week. I like this matchups. I like the going, going to Chicago. He shoots the ball a lot. I'm still hoping he's got that hat trick in him that I was hoping for last week. I'm looking for that big payoff. Um, it could be Tati. It could be Mora. Those are two of the guys I'm leaning towards. <sighs> I may go Yimmy and just hope he explodes, goes back to that Champions League form for three goals. I'm kind of torn between those three. It's either going to be one of the Portland guys that I have or Tati at this point. I just I don't see enough consistency anywhere else. Part of me wants to go Rusnak, but I think that's maybe a little too obvious. And given who you guys talk about, that may be a massive differential for captain. But I'm leaning towards Portland or, or Tati and trying to go – probably more forward just to see what, what I can get, see if I can snag a few extra points. Christian. Um, probably chalk Barco. I also have Mukhtar for consideration and Bruce knock. Ashley. Yes. Yeah, same. Um, I, I'm going back and forth between Barco and Mukhtar. Um, I, I've missed out on most of the good Mukhtar captains this this season, I think I had him for one, but never for like one of the crazy ones. Blaine always had him, and I was always like, shit, why didn't I listen to Blaine? Um, so I feel like I, I might lean that way just to try to grasp at something that I've, that I've missed a couple of times. Yeah, I'm saying with Barco Mukhtar, uh, very little chance that you'll be able to find out if, if Mukhtar is actually going to be playing uh, before you have to make that decision. So, um We'll yeah, see what happens, but I do like I like betting against Miami. I like the form Barco's been on, so I'm very much happy with with going with that. If that's uh, if that ends up what I get locked in with, so uh, going to chat real quick. Uh, we see some Barcos in there, and that's uh, yeah, it looks like Barco is definitely probably going to be the chalk pick as well. Speaking of chalk, if you want to participate in the Discord player poll to see how. You get your rankings. We can compare them to Skylar, see who does better. Head over to MLSFancyBoss.com slash Discord uh, to join the Discord community. Uh, Christian and I spam that throughout the week. And uh, the quicker people respond, the less we spam it. So that's that's just how that works. All right. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. I want to thank everyone for joining us. We're getting so close to the end of the season. I can't believe it. It's, it's almost there. Let's uh, see what we have with some plugs. Blaine. Yeah, I want to give a huge shout out to the Draft League. This has been one of the toughest years we've ever gone through. Um, I know it was posted in Discord, and they said I probably wouldn't say anything, and I probably wouldn't have said anything except it did get posted in Discord. And I really want to say thank you to the rest of the guys. I ended up taking down the shield with one week to go this year. First time I've led the league at this point in the season. Um, so really excited there. But this was an epic battle Um my spot and then last place in the league are the only ones decided going into the final week. Everybody else is still live. And I'm, I got, I took a couple of fortunate wins and a couple of players took some unfortunate losses to drop out of the shield race, but really everybody in the middle of the table has a chance to go one way or the other. Like we're looking at everybody's everybody in the, but one player in the relegation zone has a chance to get out of it, headed into the final week. 
everybody in the playoff line could fall under the playoff line going into the last week. Like it's absolutely insane. I don't know how I managed to get through it as well as I did. I, maybe it was just fall, getting lucky and heel falling to me at fifth, but massive shout out to that league. Everybody's played their hearts out this year and it has been probably the toughest year we've ever had in draft. And it's been one of the most exciting and most fun years I've ever had in draft, not because I'm winning, just because of how crazy the league has, has been all season long. Christian. Well, Blaine just nerfed my plug. So, okay. <laughs> I was going to give you a friend shout for winning the draft league and you nerfed it. Yeesh. Tisk tisk. All right. I so that... to shout the league though. The, I love those guys. It's just, it's one of my favorite ways to play and i've got just so many friends in there that are mm -hmm. that are kicking my ass in fantasy league i think we've got in our in d in d1 we've got a few guys in the top 20 um but throughout the league i think we've got six or eight guys in the top 20 of fmls playing in all three of our leagues mm -hmm. join the discord server if you want a chance to get in we've we're always taking applications to see if we can get in just say you want to play and it, and if we have enough demand and we can get a couple more admins, we might even be willing to open up a fourth league. That'd be cool. Do you have any other plugs, Christian? Yeah, the Discord. The Discord. Ashley. Oh, sorry. Oh, and sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. I got nothing, so don't don't apologize. I got nothing. No, nothing to plug. Yeah. I I just had an inane thing to say that was better left unsaid. Thank you for cutting me off. <laughs> Well, to wrap everything up, as always, thank you so much again, everyone who comes in and listens. Thank you so much to our Patreon group. Uh, excited that people are liking the swag. Exciting to be getting that, that out. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash MLSFI. Uh, check out MLSFancyBoss.com for the, the updates this week with uh, the ELO head-to-head -head and most of this one poll. Head over to the Discord, as we already said, mlsfancyboss.com slash Discord. Uh, it's a fantastic community. It's, it's just been very humbling to be, you know, been a part of this for the last seven or eight years. So this is this has been uh, incredible. And I know it's been difficult for a lot of people the last couple of years. So glad to have this back fully running. And uh, it's, just, it's just been a pleasure. So with that being said, as always, good luck.